Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of the Skeptical Scotsman. Um, this podcast is going to be a little um, challenging, I guess you could say. I was asked to do this podcast by a subscriber, so um, yeah, I do what the audience wants me to do, even if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, or it's controversial. If it's controversial, I'm definitely going to hit that up. Um, this one is, oddly enough, uh, about a certain grift, if you will. The problem is, it's a religious grift. Now, bear with me, this will take some explaining, but, um, the odd part about all this is, is it's going to be a religious, well, gee, thank you for just jumping into my podcast, dog. Um, this is going to be a, a bit of an eye-opener, maybe for some of you, for others, not so much, but uh, I was asked to talk about uh, religion and charity and um, teachings within religion, and yeah, I've, I've been doing my fair share of studying and been asking very pointed questions to the internet to see what I can come up with. Um, let's start off by uh, by going over some key points. Okay, first off, there is the Old Testament, or in Hebrew tradition, it's called the Torah. Um, it contains the laws and methods of uh, Hebrew law from antiquity, like yeah, way back in the day. Uh, it predates Christ, and it's still used after uh, it's still used after Christ's death as a basis for several Christian religions. Uh, right off the bat, Methodist, Baptist, yes, they all have their roots in uh, Old Testament methodologies and laws as does Catholicism, mainstream Christianity, um, all that. Um, historically, historically speaking, the Old Testament was when God was young and ill-tempered. For a being that's several billion years old, scientifically speaking, if that being exists, I don't see something that happened a couple of thousand years ago when you're a couple billion years old as being young. I think that was a flagrant attempt on the part of uh, early scholars to uh, explain away very bad circumstances. <coughs> but the but him being young and ill-tempered is the reason why they had these rules and methods, such as uh, uh, offering up and burning an offering of either uh, uh, whatever your best was. If you were a shepherd, you killed your lambs. If you were uh, herding cows, you killed the best steers or female cows. Um, if you were a farmer, like actually planting crap around, your best set of crops went to the altar to get burned as a sacrifice to God. Um, now, knowing that, and knowing, like, Mennonites follow that, uh, everybody 
for the most part, seems to be hooked on the Old Testament thing. Now, then there is uh, Jesus. No, I'm not a Bible thumper. No, I'm not a religious person. I just happen to know quite a bit from reading bits and pieces over the years. Now, I'm not saying Christ isn't real. I'm not saying God isn't real. But here's the uh, adjudicative intervention between nothing and something. Um, And I'm going to put this in a context that some of you can understand. Others of you might have to have this explained to you by somebody who does know. Um, the Old Testament, if you want to talk legally and you're, too, and you're too religious to figure this out, I suggest you look it up. But the Old Testament is akin to the Articles of Confederation. Before the Constitution, the Articles of Confederation were what we were... They were the, the Articles of Confederation were the law of the land before the Constitution. Once the Constitution was ratified... The Articles of Confederation were the past. You didn't pay attention to those laws anymore. You knew about them. You might study the old laws. But those laws are no longer pertinent. The Constitution replaced them. The New New Testament replaced the Old Testament because once Jesus was born, all the the teachings and everything, Jesus himself said that it was to give everybody a a brand new perspective and a whole... Uh, a more fuller learning of the Bible and what it teaches, but he also said he was uh, he said he was the Word of God. So if he's saying that you can read and learn from the laws, but those laws no longer apply. For if I am uh, I if I am of God, my word supersedes whatever the Old Testament said. So if he says, love thy neighbor, it doesn't mean, love thy neighbor with the exception of this law from 2,000 years before I was born, because that's what the old law says. If he says, this is, I'm saying, love thy neighbor, without exception. It doesn't matter what Old Testament shit you throw into it. If he's supposed to be the word of God, and the Bible predates him, but was compiled after him, that means that the Old Testament is a history book. It's much like us going through old laws and trying to review them and make sure one or two of them stick around for relevancy, even if they're totally outmoded and outdated. Um, so yeah, that's why when I say it's... Uh, the Old Testament is just like the Articles of Confederation. I'm not kidding. Literally, when, uh, when Jesus... Uh, said, love thy neighbor and uh, uh, love one another and uh, forgive those who tra- uh, trespass upon you. We're, uh, as, a, as a society and as a people, we're not that good at that. We hold grudges, all that other crap. But that's where some of the issue pops up at is, is people want to li- people want to keep living with the old-time religion uh, of the Old Testament, when no religion today, excuse me, no Christian and non-Judaic religion today is older than Jesus. So, and I'm saying non-Judaic because Hebrews, Jews, whatever, 
their religion has been around longer than Jesus and the writings of the Bible. And, yeah, so they, they, they're allowed to say, yeah, we don't believe this, we don't believe that. Because they're older, they predate. Now, why am I pointing all this out about love thy neighbor and live in peace, or try to, and uh, I am the word of God, I am the living word of uh, God? Well, here's the thing. A lot of religious organizations, if you will, <coughs> a lot of worthy religious organizations ask for money and don't get it. They fall through because nobody donates to them. Meanwhile, you have uh, tele-evangelism, which I actually had to look this up. Uh, tele-evangelism started in spring uh, uh, started in the spring of 1949 by Jack Wurzen and Percy Crawford <laughs> and then in uh, what is it 1950 something yeah for some reason I don't have the, I don't have the exact year on there but 1950 something Fulton J. Sheen was another important figure in televangelism and they're asking for money to help with their uh, missionary work okay well the churches especially like Joel Olstein and T.D. Jakes they wear $10,000 silk suits Mulan Sorry, cat's being stupid again. Um, yeah, T.D. Jakes, Joel Steen, uh, the, uh, the uh, Graham Family uh, Teleministries, they want your money and they keep asking you for money, you know, like the Plant Your Seed uh, ministry from that guy. I don't remember his name, but he's the one with a, go he's the one with a kind of a beardish goatee or a goateeish beard. He claims to be a guy who writes show tunes and says he's made plenty of money off of that. If he's that damn rich, well, I planted a thousand dollar seed and six months later I received a thousand dollars. Not to mention the royalties off the songs you made, which became uber popular. If you created jingles and those jingles hit, and may, uh, were successful. It doesn't matter how much you made off your ministry. You're making money off your jingles. So do I buy him? No. He's amusing as hell. I'll give you that. But he's asking for money you don't have for, uh, for uh, uh, stuff you don't need to be buying into. And so when Christians say, well, I donate to this worthy cause, if they mention T.D. Jakes or any of these TV, uh, uh, these televangelists, Number one, they're full of crap. These guys, uh, these people are rich. Their spouses are rich. Their spouses have companies under their name, independently owned by, the, uh, by their spouse, so that they can get away with having a fuckload of money. Now, when people talk about, well, I'm a Christian, here, here's, the, here's the big kicker for you. <coughs> 
the Christians, especially a lot of the uh, dressed in their finest on Sunday for no fucking reason at all, the ones who are like that and the ones who are uh, out to impress everybody for no damn reason, talk about being Christian and all these great values, but they're still judging, uh, a lot of them still judge everybody, a lot of them will still send their money to some crap-ass ministry that does nothing for anybody. The lesser-known uh, charities are usually the ones that need the money. They don't. Their pastor isn't making money off of it. Then to top that off, you have the conservative uh, valuationists, I guess you'd call it. The cons- these conservative values of, well, there can't be gay people, there can't be this, there can't be that. Okay, if you're saying that, then where is Christ and what you said? I believe in Christ. Christ said, love thy neighbor and thy enemy as thyself. I might be paraphrasing, but from what I looked up on Google and a couple of other sites, that's pretty much what the hell he said. He didn't say, uh, love thy neighbor unless they're gay, unless they're Republican or Democrat. It doesn't say to flaunt your money, which is in itself an old school crime in, its, in itself. Christ didn't say that you can't accumulate wealth. He didn't say you couldn't uh, do plenty of things. He was left it very, very broad. But a lot of pastors and churches narrow it. So, okay, we believe in Christ. We believe He existed. He's our Lord and Savior. But we, we believe in, uh, this is how we come about that, and then they start listing all this Old Testament garbage, which, and I'm not saying it's garbage because of, uh, I think it's complete and utter bullshit. There are some decent laws to follow in there. But much like the Articles of Confederation, the Old Testament no longer applies because of Christ. I'm not trying to be a, th- uh, I'm not trying to be a, uh, a religious uh, theologian here. I'm simply pointing out a fact. And it's a pretty cut and clean one. But a lot of religious people, well, I don't support this because it, it goes against my personal beliefs. Okay. So you don't believe in gay, <laughs> you don't believe in gay marriage <coughs> because your pastor has told you the Bible is between a man and a woman. This is in which side of the Bible? The Old Testament. If you're quizzing along with me or screaming the answers, then you already know. But the Old Testament says uh, all this stuff. The New Testament doesn't say anything about gay people. Nothing about transgender people. Doesn't say anything about that. Now, my arguments and uh, logical debates with people that are gay or transgender are based on fact and science, not pseudoscience of you know, warped brains, but just plain flat facts. Nothing else. It's not my... I I, uh, I have several people around me who are bi-queer, you know, non-binary, if you, if you buy that. I don't completely buy into it because scientifically it doesn't make sense. And, yeah, I've already stated my opinion on all that crap. But here would be where the kicker is. When you say you don't agree with somebody's sexuality, 
I get the gender identity not agreeing with that because you know I I do somewhat discriminate on that if the person's being stupid and um, infuriating. But here's the kicker. You're basing your, well, gays aren't supposed to exist because the Bible says they don't exist. Okay, in that case, who created the first gay person? Did they, like, get hit in the head and suffer injury and become gay? No. If somebody was, if somebody in a, if somebody from antiquity was, uh, was wired differently... And they ended up, and they turned out being gay, and that was hidden by man. That means man hid a creation of God. And yes, I'm of the uh, I'm of the firm belief that it's either if you're going to believe in God and that He doesn't make mistakes, then gay people aren't a mistake because there's way too many gay people that existed before now to. No, uh, to not blame it on God. God created gays. Oh shit! Holy crap! Do I really care that they're gay? Not really. If they're a good human being and they're not tra uh, a trashy, toxic person, I'm all for them. I don't like to trashy or toxic people in the first place. Now, for those of you wondering if this is an indictment of religion, no, it's not. Mulan. That cat's irritating. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, it, it occurred to me because me and a friend were having a discussion, and we got on the conversation of Christians not being very Christian. And I pointed out that well, a lot of Christians claim to be charitable and they want to be humble and pious and all this crap, but they dress in their best clothes every Sunday to impress God knows who. I don't believe in wearing really nice clothes to, uh, to church because who are you trying to impress? If I come in a plain shirt and plain jeans, I stand exactly the same distance to God as the idiot dressed in a $3,000 silk suit. The difference is, I'm not going to spend a buttload of money on my clothes to impress nobody. Doesn't make any sense. And dressing in your best clothing in front of a bunch of people isn't a sign of being humble, in my opinion, either. That's only my opinion, mind you. So, we have a bunch of Christians who are claiming that they are uh, good, selfless Christians. Yet, the ones who are uber-wealthy have broken laws, ethics codes, all this to get wealthy. And they don't mind condemning people when it suits their purpose. <coughs> which I think is wrong. And it just doesn't make any damn sense. But then again, there's a lot of things going around that don't make sense. But my big qualm is Christians who claim they're, uh, who claim they, uh, they're good Christian people and follow the laws. Christ didn't have a hell of a lot of laws. He actually talked about the laws... And he wasn't talking about enforcing the old laws that existed before him. He, his word, if you believe he's the son of God and all that, if he's the voice of God, then that means anything he said supersedes the uh, Old Testament laws and method, uh, methods and everything like that. His word 
means you can dump this big-ass book of laws in the trash because they no longer apply. His word applies. If he says this law and this law and this law are still valid, they're still valid. If he doesn't say anything about them, they vanish because they don't matter. And, yeah, like I said, I'm not trying to trash religion. I'm just pointing out a very valid logical point. If you're going to complain about, well, we, we have all these tragedies that keep putting money into these ministries and nothing ever comes of it, but they still wear goods because they're robbing from you. They're taking that money, putting the minima, a minimalistic amount into their ministry to other people that are actually doing missionary work. The rest of it? Their cars, their homes, their mega churches, the other donors. They're, they're, they're collecting this money and just holding it. Now, in my opinion, if you're going to be a man of God, so to speak, and you make $10 million, okay, you live in a humble two-bedroom house or whatever, you, have a small, you, ha you can run a mega church, I'll give you that, okay? The big church I get. But not for reasons you'd think. Mega church just means more people come in. You take as much money as you can that they donate, and you pay off the bills for the house and a possible vehicle. And we're not talking a fancy vehicle. We're talking like a Ford Fiesta or a minivan. A mom car, basically. You do that, a small SUV, nothing ostentatious. If it costs more than $54,000, you shouldn't be driving it as a servant of God. Next up, the megachurch. Pay the bills for that. Keep the gas, water, electric, trash, sewage, all that crap running. Even offer, even offer free refreshments. Who cares what the cost is? The church is paying for itself. Whatever you minimalistically need, get. Then after that, all the rest of those millions of dollars coming in. Give to charity or devote to your ministry. Not go out and buy a $10,000 silk suit that was made by uh, for you by a, a suit maker specifically for your ass. Sorry, I have to hydrate, people. Now... For those of you not in, uh, enthralled and enraged by my speech thus far, we'll keep going. <laughs> but it, it is funny because you've got, like, and I hate to bring this up, but I've got to throw this in there. You've got the people, uh, you've got these people in Congress who, well, my God and my religion say I can't do this, that, or the other. Okay, you're, you're say you're a Christian, but you're relying on the Old Testament, which is uh, now nothing, and you're allowed you're allowing your preacher to guilt fuck you into taking a particular stance. Otherwise, he'll pull his financial contribution from your campaign. To my thinking, and to my understanding of the Constitution and all the rules therein, I would t if if they say that. Well, I'm pulling my funding for your for your for your campaign number one you just admitted to trying to use your money to influence politics you lose your tax exemption period 
however long you've been minister there, that you now owe those taxes for that entire time. If it's been 50 years that you've been doing that, well, you owe 50 years worth of taxes. So you either leave the church and get uh, uh, abandon being a preacher or running the church or pay it and get the hell uh, and shut the hell up. I guarantee you politics would change overnight if churches would stop uh, busting our asses about who to vote for because, well, they believe the same thing we didn't know. It's the same thing you do. You're pushing your political, opi- political opinion based on some weird uh, translation or interpretation from the Bible, which is wrong. That's actually even against the old school stuff in the Old Testament. But the thing that really scares me is when people tell me that they are Christian, but they're the first motherfuckers to judge somebody. Like, they don't kind of, they fucking waylay the judgment on, like, peanut butter on top of a uh, overdone pancake that's three inches thick. They're the first ones to lay on it. Now, I get it if you're psychoanalyzing people, because I do that all the time. I read people. And I can tell when somebody's lying or trying to sell me some shit that I don't need. It happens all the time. People trying to sell me crap I don't want to I don't need or want, but they do it anyway. Religion in most churches, especially most denominational Christian churches, or Christianity for the most part, is trying to sell you something they can't sell you. They're trying to sell it as, well, if you you, you pay this much, we'll help you get your soul into heaven. That's what baptism is for. Repenting of your sins and getting baptized is the only way to do it, according to the Bible. According to my understanding, uh, according to what I understand of Jesus' teachings and the Old Testament teachings, I'm not sure about the Old Testament bit, but I know that Jesus said that. So, you can donate your entire goddamn... You can uh, 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 donate all the money on the planet to churches. Will it give you into? Will it get you into heaven? According to the televangelists, yes. According to every religious teaching in the, in the rest of the world, that'll save you no more jumping uh, jumping out and praying to God to stop you from falling off of Mount Everest. If you go up to Mount Everest height and then just drop, praying to God isn't going to save your ass. Now, if you're lucky, you might fall on an airplane that happens to be going by Mount Everest. But are you gonna get? Are, are you gonna live through it? Probably not. Not from that height. And yes, I dislike the judgy religious people. I mean, the people who are you do you. I believe this, but I'm still okay with you do uh, with this because I'm not God. And I love those people. One of those people happens to be uh, one of those people happens to be one of my listeners. Love that opinionation. I may not agree with you doing this, or I may not agree with this because it goes against what I believe. But you do you. I mean, that's telling me, okay, I'm not. I don't agree with you, but you're still going to be allowed to be you. And yeah, for me, yeah, I, I admit I swear too much, but do I care? No. I mean, given the level of intelligence it takes to pull off swearing properly. But anyway, getting trying to get back to the point here. Okay, um, and then we had a nice little talk about um, how 
a lot of Christians claim to be charitable. Now, um, a charitable donation, and I, <coughs> I heard the word charitable donation used a shitload back when I was in Alaska several years ago, back in like 08 or 09, it was a summer. And all these Christian people, all these Christian uh, people are telling me, well, do this, uh, buy this. They make a charitable donation to everything. Okay. And then I'm hearing people here talk about charitable donations. <laughs> and then the stupidest thing I've ever heard, ha uh, uh, the stupidest thing I've ever heard religiously or charitable-wise popped up because somebody's like, well, here, get this. It's a charitable, it, it, it's a charitable nation to a, a reputable company. And then you can write it off on your taxes. Number one, charity is not given to get back. Charity is given to those in need from those who have. That's literally the definition of charity. You don't have to have a prerequisite, well, if I give you this back, I'm going to claim it on my taxes. If you need to claim it back in your taxes, it's not charity. It's not. So all the Christians that are well, like, I don't date to these, you get it back under taxes? Yes, we have to. We don't want to miss too much money. If you're donating to charity and then getting that money back as a tax write-off, you're not donating to charity. It's not charity at that point. It's I'll give you this money and then get it back when it comes tax season. That's not charity. Charity is giving without expectation to receive back. That's the true meaning of it. I don't know the root words in Latin or any of that other shit. I don't care to look it up either. I know the meaning of charity. Like when I used to work for a food bank. I volunteered my time at a food bank many years ago when my older kids were really small. <coughs> <coughs> I volunteered my time because I felt the need to be of service. Oh, no. They were shorthanded at the food bank, and I had a strong back and a working body, so I may as well use it. I used to perform acts. This was an act of charity. I was donating my time and my body to help get people and their to help get people's groceries from the food bank to their vehicle. Did I expect remuneration for any of it? Did I expect a payback? No, I did it because. I was there, they were here, we're really close, and I don't have anything better to do, and it shows my kids that you don't always work for a payoff. Some things you do to make you feel better. And yes, I felt more accomplished when I did that. For me, like some of you who go to church, for me, donating my time to a charitable cause like that was worth the payoff. I feel better, uh, I felt better because of it. And that's the reason why I was doing it. And I had people, all, I had them offer me all kinds of free shit. Like, during our Thanksgiving uh, uh, takeaway, I passed up the turkey. I'd already bought the turkey. Literally, I'd already bought a turkey. <clears throat> I bought a nice, big-ass 23-pound turkey, and I had it in the freezer. Get, I was getting ready to get it hooked up and everything. And then uh, one of the uh, somebody was knocking on my door. I answered it. They asked if I could come volunteer for the day. More than happy to. My turkey's stone cold anyway. This is two days before Thanksgiving. 
it hadn't thought out yet. But uh, we go out and um, I, well, I go out and I start helping everybody with turkeys. And when we finally get done with done with all these turkeys, before we start, you know, handing out all these meals, they flop out this huge fucking thing of turkeys. This is all for the volunteers. Everybody is taking these turkeys, you know. Everybody's like, well, the ones who did, the ones who are so busy and they barely made time to do the food bank thing, I get them taking one. I really do. And there were other people who were like, I already got three turkeys at home, but I'll take it. And I was like, the hell you need three turkeys for? We just like turkey a lot. You don't need a turkey. Liking turkey a lot? Get over yourself. But, me, I turned the turkey down because I had enough turkey. I had the wrong people live, uh, staying with me at the time because I annihilated a turkey that should have lasted a week in a day. No kidding. Those two ate enough for six damn people in, like, one sitting. But, moving past all that, I had my own turkey. I refused their turkey, not because I was being overly demanding. I was giving my time to charity. I was donating my time to them to help out. And I think a lot of other people start forgetting that. They want something in return for their time. It depends on what you're doing, in my opinion, if you're truly donating to a worthy cause, or a cause that's close to you, and you feel good afterwards without reward, without a reciprocating award like that, then I think you're doing charity work. If you're, no, because they don't do this or that or the other. If you're expecting something in return for donating your time and giving, to, and giving of yourself to a charity, then you're not giving anything to charity. You're bartering like you would with a job. And that's not... To me, that's not going with what Jesus said. Even though I do it for, you know, the feel-good stuff, not Jesus. But Christians... A lot of Christians condemn things. A lot of Christians will condemn other people for doing uh, things that they wouldn't do because it goes against their religious beliefs. Well... If your religious belief is based on the Old Testament, then you're kind of on the wrong side of history. You can have firmly held beliefs, but the problem is, is your preacher and everything you've been taught teaches you to obey the Old Testament and just that. Oh, you can claim to be love Jesus, but you're ignoring what Jesus said, what he taught. Now, before this becomes in too much of shambles and whatnot, I want to thank Allie Mae for literally giving me uh, for telling me she wanted this done and for uh, talking with me about it about why she wanted it because we had a nice long conversation about that for like half an hour and this podcast was done especially for Ali May who is a subscriber and yes I went into I went into a little more detail than I probably should have but we both were uh, agreeing on the same thing and then she's like can you do a podcast about this because you're a subscriber, why the hell wouldn't I? So y'all, this has been the Skeptical Scotsman. Y'all have a great day, and peace out.